I told Dave and Linda in first service uh, also, but uh, how much I appreciate their bravery and their uh, response in that, be, um, just because of being my friends, but uh, we are now related now. They're my in-laws. Their son, David, married my daughter, Whitney. And so, by extension, their, his bravery and their working through this has helped their family, him parent David, which in turn is going to make David a better husband to my daughter, which is, you know, is just awesome. And so thank you so much, uh, Dave and Linda. Um, so uh, we've been we've been in this series um, that we're talking about spiritual growth. And we have this, you know, staircase. We've talked about this for the last five or six weeks that how God welcomes us into his family where we are, no matter where we are on this, um, on this spiritual growth ladder. He welcomes, welcomes us with loving arms where we are, but he's not satisfied with us staying where we are. It becomes, uh, kind of dependent on us to desire and to use him as a help to move up the, the, the staircase from exploring him to growing in him to being close to him and finally, hopefully, to being Christ-like or Christ-centered. And so Jeff, over the last several weeks, has been giving us helpful hints and little uh, uh, helpful tools in order to help us do that. Well, I'm going to continue that today and give you uh, a very specific, uh, which I think is a helpful tool to help you make one more little step toward being Christ-centered. The story that this kind of, that this topic matter goes back in time, a little over 20 years, um, my wife and I, Kim and I, were on staff with Athletes in Action, which is the athletic branch of Campus Crusade for Christ. And at that time, AIA's headquarters were just up the road, just outside Lebanon at a camp called King's Domain near the Little Miami River. And I was a part of the staff team that was responsible for um, planning camps and conferences and retreats and experiential learning like ropes course and paintball and things like that. Well, one of the staff guys that was a couple that was on staff with me, his name was Jeff Bice. And uh, it was during a time in that staff, our kind of working together, which we were exploring um, our effort level and, and how, how we were motivated and things like that. And so Jeff told us a story about his childhood, and it went back to his kind of junior high days of him and his father. This Jeff, not this Jeff, but that Jeff, um, as a kid, as an adolescent, and as going into junior high, had an extraordinary hard time making decisions. He was just a wishy-washy kind of a kid. And it didn't matter if it was a really simple decision, like should I put grape jelly or strawberry jam on my peanut butter sandwich, or whether it was like a really earth-shattering kind of should I maintain these group of this group of friends, or should I go here, or should I do that. Uh, he just couldn't make up his mind on anything. And so his dad finally set him down one day, and he said, Jeff, I'm going to give you a tool to help you make God-honoring decisions in your life. And he called this thing the high fives. All right? So you received as you came in, uh, a green bookmark. I want you to pull that out. Um, purposefully uh, made the little uh, give giveaway today something useful that you can take home, put on your fridge, put in your book or whatever. This is called the high fives. And the high fives are five filters that you can use to help you make God honoring smart decisions. It's going to help you in, a, in your walk up this uh, spiritual maturity because you know, we just we make decisions all day long. We make dozens of decisions all day long. And again, some of them are fairly inconsequential. 
I had to decide this morning, do I take Route 42 or do I go I-71 to come to church? All right. Some of them, you know, give or take, doesn't really matter. Some of our decisions in the course of a day are very consequential. At work, should I bow to the pressure to fudge these numbers because my boss wants me to, or should I stand my ground? Should I maintain this relationship that I know is healthy, unhealthy, or should I develop boundaries like we talked about a couple of weeks ago? And so how do we make those decisions? How do we honor God? How do we become more Christ-centered in those decisions? Because uh, they're numerous and they affect our lives. And it's important that even the simple ones, we honor God and we make those Christ-centered as we make them. All right? So the high fives. High five number one is to fear God. Okay, so what does that mean? All right? Multiple places in the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, God says, fear the Lord your God. And it's usually in a kind of a fierce setting in which he's saying this. You need to fear the Lord your God. Well, what does that mean? Does that mean that I should be scared of God or should be afraid of God? Well, not necessarily. I, you know, I need to have a healthy respect for his power and his grandeur, but I don't think he wants me to be afraid or fearful of him. There's a lyric line in uh, you know, the, the, the song that we're all familiar with, Amazing Grace, and it says, uh, "'Twas grace that taught my heart to fear." And I've always thought that was kind of a, an odd lyric because surely that doesn't mean "'twas grace," meaning the un- incredible, unexplainable love that's lavished out on me, giving me something awesome that I don't deserve. God saying, I want you, my child, to experience this even though you don't deserve it. That incredible, indescribable should should cause my heart to fear, to be afraid of you. That just doesn't, that doesn't ring true, right? Well, it's because that word in this, te- in this context does not mean I should be afraid of or scared of. Deuteronomy 10, 12 says this, And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God ask of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all of your heart and your soul? So what does it mean to fear God? Well, it means to walk in obedience to him, to love him and to serve him. So that lyric line in Amazing Grace is pretty much saying it was grace. It was this, like I said, this unimaginable kindness and mercy from God that has taught my heart to love him, to obey him, to walk in his ways and to serve him. That's what it means to fear the Lord your God. And so... Even if this wasn't the high fives, even if this was the high one, and you just stopped there, if you if you made every decision based on, am I obeying him? Am I walking in his ways? Am I loving him? Am I serving him with this decision, no matter if it's inconsequential or very consequential? That in and of itself would probably make 99% of your uh, decisions much more God-honoring and much more fulfilling and much more... Uh, respectful and have a have a god-honoring outcome okay high five number one is to fear god high five number two be yourself this is kind of an odd one because we think well you know of course i'm myself well if i were to ask you and you were to be honest um you would probably admit that a good portion of every day you 
are wishing you could be like someone else. How often do you find yourself, if you'd put your spiritual antennas up and catch yourself uh, during the course of the day, how often would you find yourself going, you know, if, I, if only I were faster, if only I were stronger, if only I were more handsome or prettier, or if only I were more wealthy, if only, and you'll fill in the blank. We spend a lot of times wishing that we were like somebody else. Um, when Kim and I first moved to this area close to 30 years ago, um, my first three years in this area, this is what brought me to this area, was as the physical director at Countryside YMCA in Lebanon. And um, so th- during that three-year time span, uh, there was this kid that was kind of a latchkey kid. He would be dropped off by the school uh, by the school bus after school, and then he would just wander the hallways um, until two or three hours later when his parents would pick him up. And uh, this kid, um, he wanted so badly... To be Michael Jordan. And uh, back in, you know, you have to remember, this is 20 years ago. Jordan was the, the end all in, in American professional sports. He was the man. And this kid, I, 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 I can't even remember his name, but every single day that I saw him, which was every single day for those three years, he wore Michael Jordan number 23 jersey, Chicago Bulls shorts, and Air Jordan shoes. And he even, you know, Michael Jordan had this pigeon-toed kind of strutty walk. So this kid had the pigeon-toed strutty walk. He wanted so badly to be like Mike. Remember that commercial, if only I could be like Mike? Well, this, this kid, he was never going to be like Mike because he was about five foot nothing and he couldn't even play basketball. But, but he wanted so badly, him and his, his entire existence revolved around trying to be like Mike. And, you know, I would say that probably none of us go to that extreme. But if you were honest, you would probably admit that you spend a lot of time trying to be like something else or trying to be something that you're not. Well, the problem is that's not how God designed us. Psalm 139 is one of my all-time favorite psalms. In the middle of that psalm, verse 13 and 14 says this, You created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your full, your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. God made me on purpose, for a purpose, and in his image. I am an image bearer of my creator. I have his heart. I have his desires. And although I choose against those many, many times, I still am an image bearer of my creator. And so are every single one of you. And God made me specifically. He made me on purpose, for a purpose, and in his image. And he put every ounce of his spiritual and intellectual and emotional and physical self into making Kevin, Kevin. And he did the same exact thing for Andy. Okay? He gave Kevin special gifts and talents and abilities that are really cool and unique to me. They're not the same ones that he gave to Andy or either one of Ross. Well, he gave Ross a lot fewer of those. But, uh, but anyway, if I spend my time wishing that I could be like somebody else, it's, a, it's like I'm telling God that he made a mistake. And God doesn't make mistakes. He wants me to be me because he did that on purpose. He created me. He knows every hair on my head. He knows every word that's going to come out of my mouth before I speak it. He knows every thought that's going to pop into my head before I think it. And he wants me to be the very, very, very best me 
that's possible because he needs you to be your best and he needs you and you and you and you and you to be your best so that we have this mosaic of awesome as his children of God. He didn't make a a whole army of robots just to be the same. Okay? So when we tell God kind of in no so, not so many words when we tell God man you guy maybe you made a mistake because you didn't make me this 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 or this as a creator that would be kind of insulting to me because I made you on purpose to be you all right high five number three is to do your best Colossians 3:23. many of you have heard this many times whatever you do that's important whatever you do Work at it with your whole heart as if working for God instead of men. Okay? Two parts to that. The first part is whatever. You know, there are seldom times in in our speech where it's appropriate to say all or every or never or none. It is appropriate for God to say that sometimes. And here he says, whatever you do, do it to your very, very best of ability. You know, there are some things in our life that it's easy to do that. Our sport, maybe fun parts of our job, doting on our kids or whatever. Those those things are easy to do, our very best, usually. There are a lot of things in our life that it's not so easy to do our very best. Uh, For me, it's making the bed. I don't get making the bed. I don't understand it. I don't understand the logic of making your bed. Like, I'm going to wake up. I'm going to go back to bed in the same... Like, why should I... But it's hard for me... To sit there and go, I'm going to do the very, very, very best make bed-making job ever. I'm going to make this pristine. You could bounce a quarter off this bed. I hardly ever do that. Okay, But God wants to do our very, very best in everything that we do. Um, a good illustration of this, and this goes to the second part of this. God says, do it as if you're working for me, not for men. Okay, So what does that mean? Here's a good illustration. Uh, I remember back in high school, I was on the track team. And uh, this one particular day, the coach said, okay, today we're going to do 10 100-meter sprints. And you guys have been kind of, you know, lax of days ago lately, so we're, we're going to put the pressure on today. You all are going to do these 100-meter sprints, and I want every single one of those to be under 13 seconds. I have my stopwatch here. If one single person crosses that line under or over 13 seconds, everybody does two more for every, for every instance. All right? So buckle down. Let's do it. Okay, ready, set, go. So those first three or four, we were like, bust in the gut because we didn't want to do extra. All right. Well, about the fourth or fifth one, the the assistant coach came up from behind and he wanted to talk to the coach about something. And so coach gives the stopwatch to the captain of the team and says, hey, Dan, okay, you got the stopwatch. Make sure they do them. All right. And so coach turns his back and was talking to the assistant coach. Okay, so what do you think that next hundred meter dash was like for us? La 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 la. Yeah. Okay. Busted when it comes to this, because I, we, the team, we were letting our intensity level, our effort level, our motivation be determined by who? The coach, not by the guy who died for me on the cross, who took a beating who was bloodied and battered, who welcomed me into his family even though I don't deserve it. Okay, The problem comes if I base my intensity level, my effort level, my motivation in the things that I do, if I base them on pleasing someone else, I don't care who that person is, spouse, kids, teacher, coach, pastor, 
If I'm basing my effort level on pleasing some other human, I am always going to be let down because that is going to go like this, depending on how I feel about that person that particular day. All right? That's not what God wants. He says, I want you in everything that you do to do it as if you understand what I did for you. Now, how would that change your decisions? I mean, big, big time change your decision making if that's what you're basing you, how, how hard I try. All right? You catch yourself. Again, spiritual antennas. You catch yourself. What am I motivated by? If you do that, that, that this changed the whole story. Um, back in this same era, uh, I, my, many of you who know me, I had this triathlon career. And uh, we were going to start this triathlon workout club at the YMCA. And so uh, I met with a group of people and we were going to, you know, how are we going to do this? When are we going to meet? How are we going to configure it and all that? And um, so we all agreed and it was cool. And we said, hey, we need to come up with a name for this thing. So um, it was it was right about the time that I was in this staff team with Athletes in Action. And we were um, talking to each other about this very topic. And so we agreed, the staff team, we had agreed to kind of challenge each other on this by every time we would see each other on the campus, we would say, hey, are you working as unto the Lord? Yeah, yeah, I really am. Or no, I'm really not. I, I could up that. Are you working as unto the Lord? Well, that became a little too long for me. I wanted to abbreviate that. So I, I, I made it AUTL, as unto the Lord. Are you, are you working AUTL? Yeah, I'm working AUTL. Well, that left a little bit of something missing for me. And uh, also, I don't know why I was being so childish about this, but I added, added the, uh, the word baby on the end, A-U-T-L-B. I'm working as unto the Lord, baby, A-U-T-L-B. Well, for you younger folks, this was back in the day where you, you would actually write letters, put a stamp on it, lick the envelope and send it, right? So uh, I, I began to sign all of my uh, communication, A-U-T-L-B, Kevin. And then I would just wait and ask, or wait for people to ask me what that meant. And I'd be like, oh, funny you should ask. Let me tell you. And, and then I would talk about this very topic. Well, fast forward to the triathlon club. So uh, we met and I decided, or I volunteered, I'll, I'll write up the minutes. I'll send it out to everybody and, and all that. And I, I signed the letter, A-U-T-L-B, Kevin. Well, you mail the letter. This is, you know, it's not email. You mail the letter and then you wait three or four days until somebody gets it. Well, Lisa was one of the ones that I had sent this to. Not you. A different Lisa. So she, uh, she, uh, must have gotten the letter. Well, I came home one day and there were five messages on our answering machine. And I pushed the, pushed the button and it says, beep. Hey, this is Lisa. Got the letter. Everything makes sense. That's awesome. Uh, let's start, you know, next, next month or whatever. And, uh, oh, by the way, what's AUTLB stand for? Beep. Hey, this is Lisa. Okay. I think I know. I think it's always under. No. Beep. Hey, this is Lisa again. Okay. I think I really know what it is. Okay. These were five messages on the last one. Beep. Hey, this is Lisa. I really know what it is right now. It is. Abba, Abba, Tubba, Lubba, Bubba. A-U-T-L-B. And so we called our triathlon workout club A-U-T-L-B. Abba, Abba, Tubba, Lubba, Bubba. Okay? So I want you all to repeat that after me. That's going to help you remember to do your very, very best. Ready? One, two, three. Abba, Abba, Tubba, Lubba. 
that was really weak. Try again. One, two, three. Abba, Abba, Tabba, Laba, Bubba. All right. Uh, Jacob Shaw, who's here, uh, he actually, I was talking about this one day, he actually got his new tattoo and it says Colossians 3.23. I double dog dared him to put Abba, Abba, Tabba, Laba, Bubba on his wrist. Um, but he, he didn't go for that. But anyway, that'll help you think about, am I doing my very, very best? Okay, high five number four, be honest. All right, so there's a verse in the Bible that says that God detests lying lips. James, uh, or uh, Colossians 3.9 says, Do not lie to each other since you've taken off your old self with its practices. God really, really, really does not like it when we are dishonest. God wants everything that comes out of my mouth to be truthful and to be straightforward. Okay, For God to say that he detests something, uh, it tells me that, man, he really cares about that a lot. Okay? So this high five is that we need to be people of integrity. We need to be people in our decision making that others don't have to question my motivation or question what comes out of my mouth, whether it's true or not, or whether it's best representing me or whether I'm a poser or not. You know, and sometimes being honest means not telling a lie. That's kind of the most basic. But there are so many other ways in which we are not completely honest. Sometimes being honest means telling the whole truth. Sometimes being honest means putting ourselves forward in the light that represents our hearts and not some poser. You know, um, Pastor David and I were at a retreat this weekend, and it was a men's retreat, and we were talking a lot about in one of our sessions about the poser. And we as men, you as women, uh, even kids, we spent a long time, again, if you were honest, um, putting up this facade that we think will look better than, than what's inside, either because we're embarrassed of what's inside or, or we're ashamed or we're uh, whatever, we don't think we're good enough or something. So we put this facade out there that looks more impressive than it is. That's not being honest. That's not God. what, what, what God wants us to do. I want to be the kind of husband, I want to be the kind of father, I want to be a kind of friend to you that you you don't have to even think about is he is there something behind that or do I have to try to figure out what he's really saying I, that that irritates me about somebody else and so I don't want to be that kind of person I don't want to play mind games with you or my family or my coworkers or my teammates I, I want to be the kind of person that what comes out is literal and accurate and i want you to be able to have a trust level that that's true and i want to be able to have a trust level about you and about the other people in my sphere of influence it's really 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 important to god okay high five number five um be a mirror um this is kind of an odd one i realized i learned a long time ago that you can push any illustration too far and you kind of have to be careful about how far you push it because every illustration at some point breaks down. But uh, in this illustration, um, God wants us to be a mirror. So what does a mirror do? It, it reflects, right? Okay, what does a sponge do? Okay, it soaks up. God gives us, like we said before, God gives us talents and abilities and passions and things from him. They're coming down. If, I have a mirror here. This, my, my father made this for my daughter 
when she was young. And uh, this is going to blind you when I turn, when I, I'm going to try to, I'm going to face it at Andy, so you know, he deserves it, all right? So, but I'm going to turn, I'm going to face it up like this at a 45 degree angle. And so, Andy, when you're looking at this mirror, what are you seeing? The ceiling, okay. In the first service, I asked Jeff Atkinson, and he's like, uh, duh, I don't see anything. <laughs> I was like, no, you're seeing the ceiling, Jeff. Okay, so... Uh, but if I were a fly on the wall and I was looking down at this mirror, what would I see? I would see Andy. All right. And so kind of picture that illustration or part of that illustration when we finish this up, that God gives us gifts and talents and abilities and, and things from above. A, a sponge would soak those up and say, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm going to use it for my grandeur. I'm going to use it for my advancement. I'm going to use that talent to build myself up. I'm going to use that talent to puff myself up or get that promotion or get more money or whatever. Thank you, thank you, thank you, God. Okay? A mirror reflects that out to the people in our sphere of influence. So God gives me a talents and abilities and passions and cool things from above. A mirror then bounces that out and my attitude is that gets reflected off of me to positively impact the things that are the people that are around me. You know, the, those could be positive experiences, could be negative experiences. I, I just was thinking, I was just looking at Linda and I was just thinking, you know, not, not everything, you know, God gives us cool things, but God allows some negative things to happen in our lives too. And a mirror, a sponge, I mean, for Dave. He was he was a sponge related to that for so long and woke up and I need to be a mirror to use that to positively impact the kingdom. All right. And let it bounce off. OK. Conversely, as you receive laterally praise and recognition and compliments and things like that from people, a sponge would do what? Oh, thank you very much. I'm the man, of course. <laughs> right. A mirror reflects that back up to God and says, oh, thank you so much for that. I, I really appreciate that. But the only way I was able to do that was because of the gifts that God gave me. And I want to give him the glory. All day long, this happens. And we don't recognize it. And I'm asking you today, as high five number five, to recognize it. Again, spiritual antennas. Get those spiritual antennas up. Catch those opportunities. Because God gives me things talents, abilities, passions, and I can use those to positively impact impact people. At the same time, I can glorify him by reflecting praise and accolades and and applause and things like that and just recognition, okay? So this needs to be an all-day-long reflective stream, all right? So... I, I, I just I just know that if you would take that bookmark, you put that in your book, your Bible, you hang it on your mirror, hang it on your fridge or whatever, and use those filters to make godly, honoring, fearful decisions, fearful in the good way. Am I serving him? Am I loving him? Am I honoring him? That that's going to help you climb that ladder. Okay? Let's pray. Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being my God, my creator, my friend. Thank you for um, being the entity that is not only absolutely just and righteous and jealous for me, but it's also my daddy 
that I can crawl up on your lap and everything in between that you are for me. And I just pray that somehow through my decision making that from this day forward, every single one of those decisions can honor you because I love you so much and I respect and I'm in awe of you. And you deserve for my decisions to reflect that. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Good morning.